Welcome, Seekers of Truth and Champions of Faith, to the Faith Forge Podcast. I'm Cheyenne, joined by my co-host, Marco. And together, we're on a quest for deeper understanding and richer spiritual life. In each episode, we'll tackle the tough questions, explore the uncharted territories of faith, and challenge ourselves to live out the seemingly radical teachings of Jesus Christ. Get ready for a podcast that's not afraid to ask the hard questions and seeks to uncover the profound beauty in the Christian journey. Excellent. So today we are joined by a very, very special guest to the podcast, our very own Pastor Joel Newman. Yay! Hello, everybody. How are you this fine day? <clears throat> yes. So today I had a discussion with Pastor Joel before we decided to do this podcast. And I approached him with a question. And actually, it's going to be a series of questions. I know that you're pressed for time. You have a lot of responsibility, as you do when you are a pastor of a church. But the question is one that I think is burning on a lot of people's minds. And when I approached this question, it was because I have a TikTok channel. And I joined some open public discourse. And the question was simply, how do you reconcile worshiping a god that condones labor. And so before you get into it, because I know you're going to have a lot of insight, <laughs> I want those of you that are watching this podcast to understand that this is not an easy question because there is a lot, and I'm going to go through these, there's a lot of scripture that seems to support the idea that God does indeed condone slavery. So this isn't just a, this isn't just something that somebody made up. So we'll reference a couple of scriptures and then I'll, I'll let you take it away. So this is the first scripture is going to be Leviticus chapter 25 verses 46 to 47. And the gist of that is that it says you may purchase slaves from nations around you and so on and so forth. Then we have Exodus 21 7 that says if a man sells his daughter as a servant, she is not to go free as male servants do. You also have Exodus 21 verses 20 to 21 and 1 Peter chapter 2, 18 to 20, that says that basically slaves can be beaten. Also, Genesis 16, verses 3 to 4, slaves can be taken as concubines. And so you'll see that there's a lot of scripture that people get strung up on. They get caught up on because they do feel that freedom is a good thing, especially by today's society. Freedom is a good thing, and it's something that you would think that God wants for people in general. So why did he include in the Bible <laughs> instruction, if you will, on slavery and by all accounts, thereby condoning it? Okay. So that's a lot of pieces to that question. I've heard it before, and I want to just begin by emphatically saying that my answer that I'm going to give you, okay, nowhere in my answer am I saying that I feel slavery is a good thing. Nowhere am I going to say or support the position that I feel that there was that there's nothing wrong with slavery and that you know I don't want there to be any misconceptions in my response. And so for the record, as we get started, uh, slavery is bad. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, okay. most definitely. Um, and uh, anytime you uh, rob somebody of their ability to exercise their freedom and free will, uh, you are committing sin. Mm -hmm. Okay? All right. So, uh, duly noted. I don't think anybody can disagree on that. Okay. Duly Check noted. Out. I just wanted to get that <laughs> little bit of house cleaning out of the way. Now, 
so I need to make sure I, I state that because how I'm going to answer this question may not readily be heard uh, properly yeah. without that context. So uh, let me say your question was, is how can I uh, support worshiping a God that condones sin, correct? That, that's right, right. How, how, question. Yeah, how do you reconcile okay. worshiping a God that condones slavery based on these these and not not just based on these scriptures but sure, sure. given that there are some the scriptures that seems to support yeah. the idea that that god condoned it okay. at some point in time so i want to go to um uh, some other scripture that i feel will give us some some context here let me <clears> here <throat> and i want to take you to uh the apostle paul's words and uh, what we now call Second Peter, this comes in chapter 3, verse 9. And I'll read this to you, and I'll give you my answer. And, and then here, uh, Paul writes these words. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So you might at first blush say, okay, thank you. That has nothing to do with slavery. However, it does because I actually could not reconcile worshiping a God that does not condone slavery. Okay, interesting. All right. What I gather from this is that he's saying the, act, the, the actual opposite is how can you reconcile worshiping a God that support slavery. What you're saying instead is how can you reconcile worshiping a God that doesn't or that that doesn't condone slavery? The exactly. opposite? Yeah, the opposite. Okay. So okay. I mean, All right. Interesting. And so and 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 I want to I'm not even going to delve into the historical context of slavery yet. Um, I just want to take it from I guess from that question's origin. And that that origin really is saying, right? How could you how could you reconcile worshiping a God that condones slavery and you feel that slavery is condoning a hatred towards a specific people or persons? Is that pretty much the gist? I think is that what I'm sensing? I, I think so. I think I think when people ask this question, it it does tend to lead towards right. how can you oppression? Yeah, how can you condone a God that that allows? allows other people to own or oppress another person or people group right. regardless of who because that's wrong because that's wrong yeah right and as again i want to come back to my ritual statement that it's wrong it's it's a sin right now um marco uh i'm a sinner right i would assume so yes yeah. <laughs> if, I, if i have blood throwing blood flowing through my veins and and air in my lungs i'm a sinner you are a sinner, China. You're a sinner. Yep, that's correct. And so, because you're a sinner, um, and because you're making a podcast called uh, the Faith Forge, I am going to assume that you do worship this God that other people have a hard time reconciling. That's the goal. Yes. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, with that understanding, um, you're grateful to still be alive. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I right. think I'm grateful okay. to be, still be alive, yeah. So, uh, because if you believe in God, right, and so 
the question that you asked didn't say there isn't a God. The question you asked acknowledged that there is a God, a divine being, right? Yeah. Right. So it doesn't say because of slavery there is no God. Right. The question was how can you, how can you condone the God that condones slavery? So we so we've already extrapolated the fact that there is a God. Yeah. Okay. Yep. We're right. we're we're, so we're not accepting that. so we're not arguing God, no God versus God. Right. So right. We're saying yes, God. Uh, but how the, how is God? So what we're really asking is, is God a moral monster? I think I think that is I think at its core that's the the issue is yeah. how can you how can you accept and and I think that this is kind of like a a multi layered question because I think that people want to believe that there is a God. And um, but when they look at the God of the Bible, which in our opinion is the real God and that there are other gods that are false gods, they are a lot of people come with this question going, OK, well, if your God is the real God, then why does he do this? Sure. Okay. Right. So moral monster, I think, is a, is a right. They're, they're basically, they're trying to say your God can't be who he says he is, is because because he contradicts himself yeah, within how, his own morality. How could a good God let bad things happen? Right. Yeah. Right. OK. Right. So, so I want to answer your question in three, I think, three pieces. I'll see how it turns out. So, right. piece number one is is that uh, again, I wanted to state for the record, I could never reconcile a God that doesn't condone slavery because that same God that, as you would say, condones slavery and that is a moral monster and a good God that lets bad things happen. This is also the same God that Paul writes about. That I have to remember that God, that Lord, is not slow in keeping His promises. As, as some understand slowness, uh, instead he is patient with you that not wanting anyone to perish. Now, so God looks at human condition of sinfulness, and he knows that it leads to, as Paul also writes in Romans, the wages of sin is death. Right. Now, no, I don't know of really any parents who want to see death come to their children. Right. Okay. So uh, I find actual hope in the fact that God is so patient and so loving towards uh, humans, even and despite their depravity, that uh, even when they're doing horrible things like slavery, or let's say to make it about slavery, let's talk about, you know, for a minute, uh, genocides and all different wars that are happening today, that God in the midst of all that is still so patient and so loving he wants to give his children not a first chance a second chance a third chance a fourth chance, but a mil one millionth chance mm -hmm. to be reconciled to him so how do i reconcile a god uh that how do i reconcile worshiping a god that condones slavery i didn't have to reconcile it he reconciled it for me with his son on the cross okay that sure. was the ultimate credit for the debit that which we continue to this very day to place upon humanity with our sinfulness. Right. So what you're saying there, um, and this is what I gather and correct me if I'm wrong, but what you're saying is that um, that you don't reconcile you. You don't reconcile uh, worshiping a God that condones slavery. Instead, you accept that. He is a God that condones slavery, along with condoning any of our other sins that we commit, all of the atrocities that humanity commits. And you are glad in that fact. And then you 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 worship him because he is a God that instead allowed us to be reconciled through salvation on the cross. 
Right. So, yeah, okay. and we use that word condone. I mean, condone, tolerate, put up with, pay, you know, there's a lot of different verbiages we can use. Um, but so I wanted to start with, so that's phase one of, of my response to that okay. is to know that at least God is so patient, like, cause I can look back on my life of sinfulness and that this very day I still make mistakes and to know that, you know, cause we got to remember God hates everything that isn't holy. And so God doesn't look at sin the same way in which we do, which we appraise it. God does not appraise sin. Mm -hmm. um, God appraises live or dead. Right. Mm -hmm. So guess, guess what? Like if I'm driving down the road and I see, let's say an animal who is, who is on the side of the road, does it matter what kind of car ran it over? No, no, no. Dead not, is not dead. Generally not. Well, dead is dead. Matters how much yeah. we have to clean up. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but yeah. dead is dead. Right? right. Dead is dead. So, yeah. so the way God sees it is, is, uh, um, you know, that when we look at things in that way, we're looking at, we're forgetting that uh, this earth and this human condition of sinfulness amongst the earth, this, this fallen earth, is a temporary status. It's a temporary home. And so what we have to remember is that uh, God doesn't see that the same way we do. God's mind is always on heavenly thinking, and ours is okay. uh, sometimes uh, has a hard time adjusting to that. Okay. So that's phase one. So. So the so the quick answer is there is thank God that there is a God that condones slavery and my sin and your sin and all the other sin of all the other people who've committed sin and that that same God not only did he condone it but he gave us a path to uh, be freed from it through his son because as we know we, there's no way we can clean up this mess right only right. Okay. only the blood of Jesus can so that's one so the second thing I'll tell you is this and I don't mean this to sound um, uh, how should I say, uh, condescending to any of your listeners or readers, but I, I think I think the point needs to be made is this, is that when people come to questions such as, you know, how can how can God condone slavery is, is this. Um, so the Bible, right, um, is like, uh, think of the Bible as a tool. And so the Bible as a tool is good for all matters useful to salvation. So it's a tool that can that can be used to understand the revelation of God for purposes of salvation. And within within this tool, there's a lot of historical data. There's a lot of, uh, you know, data that um, maybe isn't readily understood. And so any tool, right? So like this use a hammer for as an example. A hammer has two sides, right? Yeah. So one side of the hammer can be used to build a wall. And uh, that side of the hammer can be used for great things. Like uh, I'm sure a hammer was used to put this building right. up in which we sit. Now that same hammer <laughs> can be turned around and destroy things. Yeah, because it's got those sharp edges. Right, on the side. that's what that piece is for. It's to rip nails yeah. out. It's right. actually the it can tool. be used for construction and deconstruction. Yeah. And we have to approach the Bible in the same way. <clears throat> okay. The Bible, the same way, can be used as a tool to build. It can also be used uh, oftentimes as a tool to destroy. So um, how was a and, and, and why would a hammer be a tool to destroy? There's two reasons why a hammer could become a tool to destroy. One, uh, the first reason is lack of training and guidance and knowledge. Yes. So, for example, if no one ever showed you how to use the tool to build, uh, you would maybe just accidentally use it to destroy. 
Um, the second reason why it would become a tool of destruction versus construction would be uh, because of intention and presupposition. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, for a lot of maybe of your listeners who might get offended, uh, when you ask questions like this, first thing you have to do is you really need to check your own heart. Yes. Okay. Okay. Are you trying to destroy somebody? Are you trying to destroy another one's faith? Is it because there's a problem within you that you're unhappy? So I often ask people who come up with this question because I care more about the people than I do about being right. Right. Okay. It's more about being righteous than it is about being right. You'll hear me say that oftentimes uh, around here. I try to make the point to people, and this is where this can come to fruition, is that um, – What's more important to me is is I would want to know anybody who has a hard time and who, who say has a hatred or an animosity towards God. I would want to know personally for that person what else helped, what else, what has happened to you. You know yeah. what has caused you to become so har uh, hardened in your heart, where out of the roughly seventy eight thousand words in Scripture, these are the ones you decided to hone in on, and not the ones about love. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah, and and you know that that's something that I thought about. Um, but and and before you get too far away from that, um, how do you? What do you say to somebody when they have that question? They go, "Well, I was raised my entire life being told that slavery is wrong." My, okay. You know, let's just say you're an African American, right? And, you know, and slavery and black, is wrong. And you're just like my my grandmother, my great grandmother, our entire. Our, our entire identity as like, and this is not just in America, but other places around the world, our entire identity is surrounded around the idea that we have to protect ourselves. The, the never again kind of ideology of like, Hey, if we don't stand up for the wrongs that have been done to us in Absolutely. the past, it could happen again. And, and, and I think sure that thing. that's an okay thing for people to think. So when you're, when you're a, a black American, particularly one of the ones that messaged me this on TikTok. You know, they were like, hey, um, slavery was really bad. It led to some really Absolutely. wrong things. And one of the things that we forget you know, so a lot it's of natural. times, though, it's is natural this. To feel this yeah, way. It is natural. And, and, you know, one of the things we have to remember is, too, is this, right? And, and again, uh, this might become controversial for your listeners. And I'm sorry, but if you know me, I, I don't have any problem with these conversations. But at the same time, I don't have any problems with conversations. I believe that if we're going to have them, uh, I'm not going to candy coat things. Right. Okay. So with that understanding that is this, I understand – like, no, actually, let me, say, let me back up. I do not understand what it would be like to be uh, a black person in America that uh, – you know, with that subject of slavery. You're right. I have no presupposition. I have no experience with that. Right. So I'm not going to say I do. However, I do know this. Uh, the Israelites know a thing or two about slavery. Well, yeah. The Jewish people have been enslaved more time than any other people on earth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Multiple times. Um, in fact, we have this little thing we celebrate called the Exodus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was as a result of uh, Israelite slavery. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, don't forget that God's chosen people at one time were enslaved, and at another time were enslaved, mm -hmm. and then another time were enslaved, and then another time in in the in the 1940s were put in camps and systematically executed. Yeah. So I, I think we should not forget if we're going to look at one piece of history, we have to look at the totality <laughs> of history. And we have to remember that again, and I'm only saying that is for this. You're right. It was it, slavery is wrong. Right. 
Right. It is wrong, but it's also, do we hang slavery around God's neck or do we hang it around depraved humans? Right. So to that, um, and, and I think that that's a point that a lot of people understand is that, you know, it's not God doing the slavery. Right. It's, you know, God, God is not, he's not but actively God wants doing those it. people to come to salvation though too. Right. The, the slaves themselves. Yeah. Right. Like, like when I was in seminary, here was a question that was asked to us by one of our professors and it was, and it was our, it was a tough question. But well, we had to do this as an exercise for a class that I was in in seminary. And the question was, uh, we want you to go home and write out and come back the next day and read to us verbatim how you would have delivered the gospel to Adolf Hitler on his last day on earth. <laughs> really? That's a tough one. It's a tough one. Yeah. Right. And if you weren't prepared to do that, you had no place in ministry. Right. Right. Because it makes sense. Because like you're honestly standing in front of like the wor- one of the worst people in right. the world. So so I look at it like uh, God loves even the worst person who's done the most horrible things yeah. on earth, and that Jesus died. For- we have to remember Jesus died for everybody. Now I want to hone in on your subject of slavery. Okay? Right. One of the one of the most dangerous things we do, right, in in our country today, is we read the scripture through a Western lens. And when we read the scripture through a Western lens, we mess it up every single time. So let me first, let's first get out of the context of, like, let's, we address the the ethical, the moral thing about slavery. Now I want to go into the specifics. I want so, to go into So the before text. you do that, because I think you're about to ans- answer this question. Uh-huh. So I want to ask it, and then and then that way you can elaborate, because this was one that, that brought up, and I think you're about to answer this, but mm-hmm. um, the question was, um, why would knowing, knowing the, knowing who God is, right. Mm-hmm. And why would he outlaw in mosaic law? Cause I think this is what you're about to get into. Why would he outlaw mosaic law, the eating of shellfish, mm-hmm. but then only regulate something that is much worse like the ownership of slaves. Yeah. So and that's, I think that's a big issue, but I think you're about to get into that. So yeah. I'll go ahead. And so it. one of the big things we have to remember it is, is this is when you're reading the Mosaic law, uh, let's remember some basics. Uh, number one, there were, there was no running water. Sure. Okay. There was no, there were no hypodermic needles. Mm-hmm. There was no medicine. There was no, I mean, there had herbs and like medicine men, but yeah. you know, they didn't have an x-ray machine. There weren't anti-modern medicine. There weren't antibiotics, you know, there were, there, there, there wasn't, uh, there wasn't the same healthcare system, which we have in our today. country today. So a lot of the mosaic law wasn't about just God being nitpicky. It was about ways of, st- of, of keeping away from communicable diseases and issues and disasters. Uh, we lived through a little bit of this during COVID, right? Yep. If you were exposed to COVID, you had to go home and what? Quarantine. Well, you could equate that to like how if you're reading through Leviticus or Exodus, if you became unclean, you had to go be outside of the camp for seven days. Seven days, yeah, right? Seven days, yeah. So it's, there's there's a lot of parallels. Why was why? So you couldn't spread sickness that would get out of control. So we had to remember that a lot of the Mosaic <laughs> Law is about just that. Is about how not to. Uh, introduce infection, sickness, disease, illness, what have you. Now, let's come back to the slavery thing. Okay, so slavery in the Bible, like, by t- let's look at the standard. So in this room, there's the three of us. Um, now, uh, I don't want to get too personal, but like I'm imagining 
like the other 95% of the population of the earth today, you have some form of debt. I do. Yeah, I have some okay. debt. I owe and, people and money. You may Most definitely. Money. Okay. Well, let's remember back then there really wasn't a debt system as there was today. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't have, like you couldn't get on your <clears throat> biblical cell phone and look at your bank balances right. and like, you know, because again, if we're reading, because this is what happens when we read the Bible through Western lens with no uh, analysis of context because a text without a, without a context is a pretext. Okay. So we're reading the text wrong. I've never heard that in so long. Right? Mm-hmm. And so um, slavery then wasn't even nearly the same as slavery that uh, we know about that was perpetrated upon African Americans. The slavery that people tend to think of oh, as yeah. they read Not the word slavery, slavery in the Bible. Right? So what would happen back in those times would be this. So if you owed me Let's just say for you know today's standard ten thousand dollars. Okay. I could come to you and could say, Hey Marco, I want that ten grand. And you'd be like, Oh, I don't really have ten grand. I could say, Oh, well, I have this idea. You're gonna come to my compound, my house, and I've got these fifty-five acres of field that you're gonna work, and based upon the today's it's gonna take you four years to work to live off that or to get that ten grand out of your way. Right. But I'm going to have to feed you. I'm going to have to house you. And so I'm going to deduct that from what you're paid because you're going to consume my food and take up some of my lodging. Right. right. So guess what you now just became? Your slave. Oh, a, slave. Oh, a debt slave. A slave. I mean, yeah, I became right. debt slave. Yeah. So, um, but today, you know, today we, we've caught in our culture, in our context, it's no, we just borrow, borrow, borrow. We're a very consumer driven society. And we have to remember. Back then, there was not the same economic system as there is today. Right. Back then, they were on a trade and barter economic system. They weren't on a consumer debt system. So people didn't give credit and debt. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe on like a rare exception you can find in history where that happened, maybe between like kingdoms or something. But it wasn't the standard. It was more the high, high exception than the everyday rule. Now... My seven-year-old just got a, or my 15-year-old, I should say rather, just got a uh, notice the other day in the mail. Someone offered him a credit card. <laughs> Your 15-year-old my got 15 a credit year card. Old, right. Yeah. So today we're, 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 we're debt-driven now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all that is to say is that slavery, as we're reading about it in Leviticus, and, and, and my thing is that because I feel like, no offense, if you're going to beat a drum, know how to tune it. Yeah. Sure. All right. So if you're going to beat the drum of scripture of, well, slave, okay, well, let's understand slavery in that context. No, people weren't going around and trapping these guys and making them their slaves like what was happening to the African-Americans when, you know, when the United States. Yeah, well, in fact, the the, the scripture points to that being something that you could be killed for if you did that. Exactly. Yeah. There are many scriptures that talk about how not to, that you shouldn't. Yes. You can't just go grab people making your slave. Uh, that's called stealing. Yes. Right? Right. right. So we're not, and and so that word in the Hebrew that's used could also be uh, rendered indentured servant. So do you think this this particular scripture um, where uh, what was it? I'm trying to. I, I told you it before, but where they where they're talking about you may go and purchase slaves. Yeah. Think so, that so was I could, a I could form buy of the debt. debt? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. The yeah. Form of debt what purchase? would happen would be is this. Um, so let's say, uh, for example, 
I let's say you were my indentured servant, my slave because of a debt you had, but don't say I was having money problems. Okay. Well, I didn't want to be someone's slave, but I already had one. So I could say, well, instead of me having, I could say, well, hey, since I owe you five thousand and he owes me ten, Marco, you're gonna go to Ishmael's house now and you're gonna work for him to pay off your debt and my debt. Right. Because I owed you, you right. owed him, I'm basically being transferred now. Right. So and, and we got all up in arms about this, and then again, just do so I understand for your listeners, slavery is wrong. We should wrong. not go trap people and and make them do work for, for nothing. That is not what we're talking about here though in the Old Testament times. Uh, that is not what was taking place in the time in which the Mosaic Law was passed down. We have to remember the world looked so much different than what it does. And if it today. did, it was frowned upon. Yeah, and I'm not saying that nobody ever did it, like because you know humans, we have this way of of, of subverting everything that is yeah. out there. Um, but just as there was then, as there is today, there's always somebody who gets greedy and 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 does do wrong um so so what about in the situations where um you have a war that happens i mean they don't owe you any money do they you just went and you captured these slaves and you you know this this is you know you went over there you conquered this kingdom you took all the women and children as your slaves and, and that's how war worked back then mm-hmm. so where's the the checks and balances if you will on that Ask the people that in Israel right now. Hmm. Again, I'm not here to say that there's not bad in the world. Right. I didn't come on to your podcast to tell you that the world's perfect. Right. The world has been screwed up because as the Bible does tell us, if we're going to use scripture, see, if you're going to use scripture to hate God, why not use it to love God? I mean, I agree with you. Yeah. Again, the, you this know, podcast is about asking the yeah. tough questions. So my thing know, is, so. Yeah. So, so if we're willing to say, if we're willing to hang around God's neck, this three lines of scripture about right. slavery, well, why not read about the part where uh, is this guy named who we call Adam, which his name's not Adam, just so we're clear. Um, but that's a whole other episode <laughs> for a whole other day. Um, <laughs> Wait. <no. laughs> um the you word the word Adam actually is Hadam, which Hadam. literally means red clay. Red clay. Oh, that's how it translates. I've never heard of that. And so that's why. So his uh, name was Red. His name clay? was Red Clay. Yes. Red Clay. First yeah, name Red, why, last name read, Clay. Because yeah. if you read through Scripture, yeah. he says, "From the dirt I made you." Right. Okay, ashes I, ashes now it makes sense. Dust, and that's why when he formed him, he formed him from the dirt. Formed man from the dirt. He breathed into his nostrils the Hruach. The spirit of life. Mm-hmm. Now, at that point, humanity was perfect in the garden. Well, <laughs> then there, and so then here's the other lie we tell people. See, a lot of times, like I said, and again, and I don't mean this to sound harsh. Okay, no. I, I don't. But here's the thing: if if you want to hate God, do it for the right reasons. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. Like I don't want you to hate God. I don't want. I don't no. want to see you. Like I like I always tell people if they're if like if you're just hell bent on hating God I and you think there's nothing after this man I sure hope you're right 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 right, right yeah but you but here's the thing um, if you're right why are you quoting scripture yeah 
So you don't you don't really hope that they're right. I don't. You just hope for their sake that they're right yeah, because no. they're going to be in a right. lot of trouble. Because I don't want to see bad come to anybody. Right. right. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. you don't actually just just for clarity's sake you don't actually hope they're right. <laughs> but the, you but, in fact know that they're wrong. But the but point, you don't. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, is this: is that uh, if we're going to use scripture, we see in the garden that sin entered through one man because they ate from the tree of what life. No, no, no. That, that, no. That's what so they see, avoided. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah they, they avoided the tree of knowledge, knowledge, yeah, of, good knowledge. And evil. of good and evil. So guess what? Men know evil. Yep. Yeah. Men and God know tried evil. everything He could to get us to not know evil. So that's the God I reconcile worshiping. Yeah, and uh, and and I guess the the last question here. There, there's so much that. And, and, and what I want you guys to do if you're listening to this podcast or you're watching us on YouTube, I want you guys to go ahead and put any questions, any kind of rebuttals, anything. Put that in the comment section. And listen, I want to just tell you, uh, for your listeners, I want you guys to understand something. Um, I, right, was a devout atheist until I was 31 years old. 32, actually. And I remember... I walked into a pastor's office who just really hounded me until I would take some time and meet with them. And I walked in and I said, okay, uh, I don't believe there's a God, but if you want to waste an hour of your life and mine, let's talk. All right. That was pretty much how we opened up our conversation. <laughs> there you go. Um, and, you know, so I get it. Right. I don't want you to think that like, oh, I look down on anybody because of their um, doubts or their issues or whatever. Because listen, uh, the fact is, if you look around the world today, it's not easy sometimes to find God in the midst of all the nonsense. Yeah, it's not. It's not. But um, this last Sunday, actually, I don't think you, uh, the, the message this last Sunday was entitled Turning a Blind Eye. I did watch that. And, you know, you can you can decide what you want to see in the world. Right? Um, I've been on panels where <clears throat> school boards are discussing whether or not to allow the Bible to be kept in the library of a school. Mm -hmm. Okay? And it's funny is, is that I was on a panel and uh it was something similar and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying this to minimize the question of your listener but it also points to a fact that uh here's what i'm going to say i will i'll let anybody sit and tell me i'm stupid for as long as they want to if they have read as much of the bible as i have sure yeah okay if if you are willing to spend eight years of your dedicated life reading the scriptures, reading all there is about it. If you can show me you've done that and want to come tell me how dumb I am for worshiping and, and reconciling this God, then I say this God because the God that you hate is not the God that loves you. Mm -hmm. Right. It's a different, that's, that's, so. That's hard uh, for people to understand. I do want to stop you there for a second because what he's talking about is, is this ideology that I think a lot of people have a hard time conceptualizing is that, um, there, there, there are multiple gods, but the gods that the gods that you have sometimes are as simple as yourself, right? Or, or, uh, uh, 
or an idea or something. So a lot right. of times the Bible talks about other gods, and we're not necessarily talking about like Zeus or that no, pantheon no, no, no. of God. Yeah. I'm just talking about how people have drawn God out in their mind. Yeah, they, mm. they, it's it's this this ethereal concept of a God that they are envisioning that isn't necessarily the God that we're talking about. Right. So uh, I heard it said once that if uh, if you could truly understand the vastness of God. You are correct. He would not be worth worshiping because why would I worship a God that my tiny three pound brain can fully comprehend? Right. <laughs> so well said. Yeah. I like that. Uh, so, you know, the point is, is that uh, to your listeners who are struggling, um, I think we always have to land the plane with this. Um, you're right. There's some bad things in the Bible. Yes. Um, there are people did horrible things in the Bible. Right. Right. I mean, horrible things like, like, uh, that's what I was trying to get to the panel that I was on. They were talking about why the Bible. And I, and I said to one of the folks on the panel, I said, you clearly have never read the Bible because you wouldn't need to make it even about religion to keep the Bible out of school. The, there is more stuff in the old Testament that is inappropriate for children to read. Oh, it's a, it's horrible. It's some, bad. some of it. Yeah, it's a bath. You gotta, yeah. you gotta clean yourself after reading. But, that but stuff. the fact that we had to remember though, is that it's demonstrative of two things, the depravity of man, mm -hmm. but how they're also redeemable through the love of Christ. Yes. And so that's the point. That's what I want your listeners to know is this, is that you're right. Slavery is bad. All kinds of things are bad. There's all kinds of bad in the world, but all of it can be reconciled through the sacrifice of Jesus, not even through his death. See, a lot of times we get stuck on the death of Jesus, and that just makes Jesus a martyr. Mm -hmm. And that's probably one of the reasons why like, this happens with a lot of like your listeners. I hear it a lot. Um, but one of the things we forget to focus on is not the cross and the death, but really the focus is at the tomb. See, a lot of times people think that your salvation came at the cross. No, it didn't. You were not saved at the cross. You were saved when the tomb became empty. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. See, you yeah. were saved when they came and, and, and Jesus was proven to be divine and defeated death. Death. That, see, isn't that what we're all talking about here? Yeah. Is life. So that is the bigger Con that's the bigger conversation that is the bigger conversation so so i want to ask you the last question that i was sent to uh by this user who was messaging me this on tiktok um and and i think i think you've already answered it but i just kind of want to hammer this point home the uh question was specifically the question and the 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 the, <laughs> the added comment was do you <coughs> deny that he and I'm assuming he's mentioning God, condone slavery in Leviticus 25, 44 and 46, which we already pulled that up. We covered that earlier. And then he said, if the God you worship condones owning fellow humans, I can't see how that's love or just. Yeah. And again, just uh, did God condone uh, owning humans? No, he did condone giving them a pathway to satisfy their debts without being stoned to death or murdered or otherwise, you know, uh, executed. And so, again, we had to remember we mustn't read um, 3000 year old history through Western lenses today. Mm. And so 
um, again, because there's even if you read through, there's prescription on how to handle it, and because it talks about what to do when a when a slave doesn't want to leave after the debt's paid, and it that's does. and that's why you have to put their ear against the doorpost and uh, put an earring through it. It's actually where we came up a lot of times with the rings that we trade in a ceremony now mm -hmm. in a wedding ceremony because it was a symbol of you're now family. Mm -hmm. Um, and what that meant was when you were family, see, we don't talk about family the same way now. See, family now is like everybody. Everything's inclusive. We have friends giving and all that. And we call yeah. everybody our family. Back then, it was a big deal to be a member of a family. Like you were on the hook, good, bad, or indifferent. Right. So uh, like, let's say if you were going back to where if you were my indentured servant because you owed money – and when that debt was paid, if you were like, man, you know, I've really come to like it here. I don't think I really want to leave. I wouldn't be permitted to allow you to stay if I did not admit you into the family, mm -hmm. which meant you now became an heir to all that I have. Mm -hmm. So the, the, this question, and again, uh, and I and I and I try to explain this carefully to to folks because. Uh, you know how it goes when a lot of times people are confronted with maybe, uh, how should I say, the incorrectness of their concerns, so to speak. Mm -hmm. God wasn't condoning slavery. What he was trying to do was give a pathway for debts to be satisfied in a way that would be uh, a, a, a permissible to him. Right. So he wasn't saying, you know, like, the, we, we forget, like, when we think that sometimes that, like, uh, we hear slavery and we think, you know, Kente and roots, you know, right. and that, that was, a, that's, I think that's what most people think. Of. Right. Yeah. But that's not what we're talking about here. Mm -mm. Yeah. So I think one of the ones, and just going back to this, um, one of the ones that I think this is, and, and I, and I, I want to preface this by saying that I think people get caught up on semantics a lot. And so this is the one that really is the, the, the main argumentative point around this whole discussion and so i'd like to just kind of get one more final closing statement from you on this and then it's going to be up to our viewers to agree or disagree like follow subscribe or not or dislike or comment and rah rah you guys are evil whatever but here it is it says and this is the scripture it's uh 44 to 46 it says your male and female slaves are to come from nations around you and from them you may buy slaves now we already covered that you yeah. may buy slaves. You may buy them because you're basically doing a debt balancing act. Okay, mm -hmm. so let, let, let's just let's just say that that's what it is. Now it says you may also buy some of the temporary residents living among you and members of clans born in your country, and they will become your property. So again, this is this is kind of like almost going over property law. It's like mm -hmm. you're saying you're saying that um, they're your property because they owe you money, and once they they've satisfied that debt. Minus any incurred costs yeah. while they're satisfying the debt, then they are to be free. But then it says here, and which you covered, you can bequeath them to your children as inherited property, and you can make them slaves for life. Well, if their debt is so great that it takes their entire life to work it off, and um, just because just because you die, you can bequeath that debt balance, if you will, to your children Absolutely. because that person owed you. So okay, we're fo we're following that. Um, but then you, it says you must not rule over your fellow Israelites ruthlessly. But I think the, the problem here that a lot of people have is this inherited property, this word property and making slaves for life. What's the exact reference? For uh, this, is, uh, this is Leviticus 
chapter 25, mm-hmm. verses 44 to 46. Okay. Um, and, and while you find that, I'll, I'll just kind of like, what I've gathered from what you're telling me and um, is that this was basically um, mosaic property law regarding debt regarding individual debt because there was no banking system there was no other way for you to do it and so what you're saying to me and whether or not people agree or disagree is that slavery slavery was a form of debt consolidation it was it was how it was how you ext- you extended debt and credit and the collection mm-hmm. thereof so realistically when you're talking about slavery you're saying that in ancient israelite society that if somebody incurred enough debt say by stealing an entire herd of cattle that cost a million dollars and you had to now go work off that million dollars worth of debt well by today's society that would take you an entire lifetime to do correct i mean and so my, i always draw the parallel whenever i hear this discussion I call it like the Amos, like the amscot of right <laughs> yeah exactly biblical yeah the biblical amscot right you, yeah. you know um but the way that i always kind of draw parallels to this is kind of like paying your debt to society when you mm-hmm. if you commit a heinous enough crime um yeah. in today's society you will go to prison for life because you have to now pay off that debt to society well like let's not up forget. into including your entire life yeah let's not forget that um and you uh, will be working if my history serves correct and any of your listeners can feel free to correct me but if i'm not mistaken because i studied more again biblical history than u.s but uh uh wasn't georgia at one time a debtor's prison yeah, we had some. Yeah, yeah. We, we, and in fact, that's part of the reason why we outlawed. Right. We eventually, you know, on a federal level, out, outlawed any kind of so, prison time based solely on debt. And, yeah. the, and the thing is, is is this is, is, is like I it. said. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, and the thing is, is that uh, as as long as again, two things entered the world with sin. Okay, uh, time and debt. Why time? Because time uh, is defined as a measurement of decay. Okay. In the garden, there was no time until sin was introduced. As soon as sin was introduced, as soon as death was a pronunciation of sentence, now time became a thing. Because now it's measured of how long do you live? (laughs) Think about it like on a headstone, the date, the year, the year, dash, Time of death, and, so. and then the date. That line is the measurement of how long you lived. How much time did you get to consume upon the earth? Right. right. If there was no death, why would you? Met? This is why for the longest. You never time, measure it. Yeah, there would yeah. be no point in measuring. There'd be no point. Yeah, it would be no. There would be no reason. Yeah. So. Oh wait a minute. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're cooking. Pastor Joel is right. He's cooking. He's so, cooking. All right, keep going. So, and, but the other thing that came in there is is debt. Right. Mm-hmm. Because now you owe people things. Because think about what God said to, to the expelled garden tenders. Mm-hmm. You will now toil for everything, which means work. So now what you have to do is everything now becomes down to everything we do revolves around time. We, we, in, it's called in, in economics, we call it opportunity cost. Yeah. Right. All right. And so what would take place, and this is how debt came. Well, I don't have time for this. I do want to do this because of opportunity costs, so I'm going to have to take on some kind of debt. Right. Yeah. And debt is, uh, by today's standards, taking debt. on debt is effectively saying, 
I, uh, I need time. something now. Uh, I'm going to trade you my future right. time, right? Receivables, whatever, however you want to say it. But yeah. if time is money, then that's exactly. You know, exactly. So, so one of the things we commonly forget because right now, see, we're so. Uh, how should I say? Uh, indoctrinated to think that debt is like just an instrument, right? But we had to remember that debt and time are a product of sin. Sin never like. Uh, you can't. Whoa, calm down, Dave Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> Debt is evil. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that, is that there's, yeah, there's yeah, some that, truth to that. There, there is, there is you know, actually. Yeah. Um, there's some truth to that because because uh, you had to remember Jesus was the was the payment of what all the payment, debts, the payment yeah, of all of our debts, debts, all of our yeah. sin. Yeah. So that's one of the things is that is is that listen, your audience is right that God uh, had some hard times, but... Um, well, he didn't have a hard time. You know what I mean? But like, we hard, had a hard, time. hard times with his people. Like his, yeah. But it doesn't mean he's a moral monster. It means that he's just that patient where he'll allow his children time to, to allow their debt to be paid on their behalf by believing in Christ. That's really it. Right. That's the simplicity. Amen. All right. So, All right. I got to run, though. Yeah, I appreciate I think, you guys. I think it's a, a good time to, to end it. Yeah. Uh, Pastor Joel, I want to thank you for coming yeah, yes, on the podcast. You. And uh, yeah, I think this Stay. will do a good job. So I'm going to take a few moments. Um, Take a few moments to just button all that up for you guys. Uh, thank you, guys. If you've gotten to this point in the video um, or listening to us online or wherever, I want to thank you so much mm -hmm. for just being a part of this journey with us. And, and, um, I hope that something there really helps you on your individual journey to forging your faith. Remember, if you have any questions, if you just hated everything about that, put it in the comment section, because how else can we help forge faith if we don't get any interaction from you guys? <clears throat> also make sure to follow us, hit that subscribe button. Uh, make sure that you uh, follow me on TikTok. You can find me, uh, Marco Vasquez36 on TikTok. Mm -hmm. um, you can follow me. I'll, I'll be doing some lives and stuff there as well. Um, also, tune in to Life Fellowship. Yes. Um, you can go to deltonanaz.com and get connected with them online, with us online. That's mm -hmm. basically our whole entity. Um, uh, we also, I think we recently got Deltona Church. Dot org. I think we did. Actually. Yeah, we're working on that. So there's some good things. So if you like what you heard or you didn't like what you heard, either way, um, get connected with us. Um, that's the only way this is going to get better and that we can hear your voice. And if you follow me on TikTok, there may even be a way that you can get connected to one of these podcasts. <gasps> Yeah. And actually join us in this discourse. Cameron, did you have something to say? Yes, sir. Uh, well, the only thing that I think we missed on that was we do have the Facebook as well for the church. Uh, it's going to be Life Fellowship Church of the Nazarene on Facebook, or I believe you can also pull it up via Deltona Naz on Facebook as well. Facebook. On, all right. So there you have it. So Facebook, TikTok, YouTube. Uh, also, Instagram, because Instagram and Facebook are pretty much the same thing. Yeah, now uh, yes. Yeah, you know how to get in contact with us. So, yeah. Uh, thank you guys again for making it this far. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, if you like what we did, also 
you can support us through deltonanaz.com uh, with a donation that we will graciously accept. Yes. Um, and yeah, I look forward to interacting with you guys some more. And you guys have a blessed day. Bye, guys.